Hey mamas, welcome to Breastfeeding Relief with Bethany. We share incredible stories, tips, and breastfeeding ideas to help on your journey. I'm your host, Bethany Laverne, a lactation consultant and speech therapist who helps mamas with breastfeeding. Not all breastfeeding stories are the same, and we dive into those topics. Hi, Clarissa. Welcome to the podcast, Breastfeeding Relief with Bethany. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing really great. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you go ahead and jump in and tell us a little bit about yourself and how many kiddos you have? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Clarissa Briones. I live in the Southwest. So I live in New Mexico with my husband and my little girl. Uh, My husband and I, we've been together now for 17 years and our little girl is six months old. So it took us quite a bit of time to conceive her. We actually had a three-year fertility journey, but I'm really grateful that she's here and I'm enjoying being a new mom. That's awesome. Good. So why don't you jump into how did your breastfeeding journey go? I mean, I'm assuming it's still continuing, but how's it been so far? (laughs) Yeah. So current state is good, but it did not start off that way. Um, I think as a new mom too, I felt really unprepared for breastfeeding. I just thought it would be super easy, um, that she'd latch right away and that it would be easygoing and yeah, smooth sailing. But it was pretty challenging at first. The I had uh, her in the hospital and she did not latch at first. So they were pretty concerned about that. And we had to see a specialist there because she, she wasn't latching and then she wasn't actually doing like the right mouth movements, I guess, and opening wide enough to latch. And so we did have to formula feed her initially. And then uh, we discovered that she had a lip tie. So once we got the lip tie addressed, it was so much easier. Um, but yeah, at first, even once we got the lip tie addressed and she was latching onto me, it was painful. I remember I had cracked and bloody nipples. Mm-hmm. It was just a lot. And I did not expect any of that. <laughs> Again, it was just going into it thinking it would be easy and It was really challenging at first, even finding the right position. We tried so many different positions to start off with and nothing really seemed to be comfortable for me, comfortable for her. And it was just a rough, I would say couple of weeks before we really got our groove and um, got things going. So we did actually use a nipple shield um, to help her with the latch too. And we still use that today and that helped a lot. And now she... She eats like a champ. She eats all the time. <laughs> so it's been going really well so far. And I can say that I'm not experiencing any pain. We found a better position. So yeah, it's, it's definitely evolved, but, um, did not start off very easy. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, but thank you for explaining my platform very well. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, you know, and I'm here to let mamas know, I mean, that's the whole point of my podcast that it's not beautiful, easy Instagram looking, right. Mm-hmm. It, yes. it is hard. Not every baby latches properly. Not every mom makes enough breast milk. Yeah. Um, and of course I call myself the Italian lip tie expert. Um, have you gotten your baby's, um, lip tie revised? No, no, that's fine. Like that's fine. Um, it's interesting. So you say lip tie, and it's like ninety percent of babies with a lip tie also have a tongue tie. So have you been told your baby has a tongue tie? They didn't say that she did, but I feel like 
I don't know. She has this thrusting thing because we're mm-hmm. she's six months old, so we're thinking, sure. okay, maybe time to start um, eating solids. But I've heard you're not supposed to do it when you when they have this like tongue thrust, and she's constantly like, mm-hmm. you know, like, if you're watching me on the video, sorry, it's embarrassing. Yeah. But yeah, she's um, she's constantly doing that. So I wonder. I don't know if that's part of a tongue tie, but yeah, we have not gotten to get it looked at again or okay. to s- see if she even has a tongue tie. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, she probably yeah. does. Yeah. I feel like I need yeah. to hire you, Bethany. I said this before, but I was yeah. like, I think we need to work together here. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk more off of this, but yes, I would, I would say, you know, with the tongue thrust also being a speech therapist, you know, I've worked on feeding before and a tongue thrust is huge, right? They shouldn't be, um, thrusting their tongue forward. You're also going to see that once she gets teeth, like the teeth are going to move forward. She's actually going to push her teeth forward. That's how we kind of get those buck teeth. Right. And so she really needs to be moving her tongue backwards. Um, and you also might notice that her tongue doesn't go side to side. I say it should look like a windshield wiper. So if you think about if, especially as she gets older and think about yourself, if food gets stuck in the side of your cheek, we call it the sulci, um, you don't take your finger, right? To take it out. You take your tongue and you move it over to the side. Well, our tongue tied babies can't do that. So if you see children a lot, our son did this a lot. They can't get that food out because their tongue can't go to the side. And so they take their finger and then sweep all the food out and put it in the middle again. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. And so that was a huge issue, um, for our son, um, that food's always stuck in the side because your tongue isn't going side to side. It's going, um, forward and backwards with that tongue thrust, more like a boat. Uh Okay. Interesting. I bet she does probably have a tongue tie then. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause she yeah. definitely does that a lot. <laughs> I also say, you know, um, I think nipple shields are fantastic, right? It's helped you on your journey. You said she's a great eater now. Um, nipple shields should not be used hundred percent of the time, right? Our goal should be to wean a nipple shield. Um, and after a tongue and lip tie release, usually we can get rid of that within a week, sometimes up to four weeks, just depending on the baby. Right. And so it's okay to go slowly. Um, but that should be our goal. And so more than likely she just can't get a a good enough latch on your breast deep enough. And she's being effective pulling that milk out. And so that's why the nipple shield is so helpful for her. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, you're absolutely right. And that definitely wasn't explained to me. We saw a lactation consultant at the beginning in the hospital and she definitely helped with the latch. I mean, we got the nipple shield. She helped me learn how to pump and everything too. Um, And so I think the goal was just get the baby to eat and okay, she's eating, you're on your way, you're good to go, but there was no continuing education, I guess, right? Around what does the long-term usage look like? What are, I don't know if there are implications of using a a nipple shield long-term either, but it would be nice to wean her because they are kind of a pain. You, like you said, you have to have multiple of them, you have to wash them all the time and Mm -hmm. she won't latch without it right now. She'll, she, if she doesn't see it on me, she definitely will not even try to eat either. So she's definitely become very reliant on it. Sure. Um, so, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. Cause, um, you know, that, that is hard, but I'm so glad that you found something to continue in your journey because I feel like a lot of moms, um, I hate to say give up because it's hard, right? Because you got to have that nipple shield on you all the time. And it's something extra you have to do more things to clean. Um, but I'm, I'm super proud of you that you did not give up. But I also say just like in any field, 
Um, we are not all created the same, right? It depends on the continuing education you get. And so I'm not saying she's a bad, um, lactation consultant at all. I just have different education. One that happened to our son. Right. And so I'm so much more versed on, um, a tongue tie and a lip tie. And I'm also a speech therapist, right? I always say we work from here to here, the chest to the head, right? That's what I studied in school. And so that's a lot different if she um, is an RN where you're learning so many um, other things, right? What is maybe one thing you wish you would have known about breastfeeding before you started? Hmm. I think I would have liked to have known how important the latch is mm-hmm. and also the amount of milk that you get initially, because for me, my colostrum, when it came in, it was not a lot. And I felt a lot of shame from that thinking like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I don't have enough milk to feed my baby. What am I going to do? And I didn't realize that your actual milk comes in days later. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but even in the hospital too, I, I later learned that even if they're just getting little drops of the colostrum, that's still enough. And whatever your body's producing is enough for the baby. And I don't know, I, I felt like because of that, they made it sound like, oh, well, you're not producing enough. And that's when we kind of transitioned to formula for just a couple of days, really. But I really didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to figure out, well, clearly my body's not producing enough. But had I known, I could have maybe advocated for myself a little bit differently and mm-hmm. asked better questions too. <clears throat> so yeah, I think that's a big piece is knowing <clears throat> knowing about the milk supply at the beginning and how it's kind of this gradual increase and, um, the changes in it over time. So, yeah. Yeah. And I feel, I hate to say, but I feel like sometimes in the hospital, we use those scare tactics, right? Like your, your baby's losing weight. Yes. Every Mm -hmm. baby is going to lose weight. It is okay. Right. Because they're no longer connected to us with that umbilical cord, getting all the food constantly. And so, yes, they are going to lose weight and it's going to be okay. Um, Instead of scaring us being like, oh my gosh, they lost a pound. Well, it's not about pounds. It's about percentage, right? And you're right. I don't feel, I felt personally, I went to um, a lactation class before because that's Mm -hmm. something I was really passionate about, something I really, really wanted to do. And I feel like a lot of moms that I find on their journey afterwards, they're struggling, never went to a lactation class. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like, almost like doing it again with them is super helpful that they learn a lot of things. Um, but you're right. I don't feel like we're good about educating how small the stomach is. And I love those visuals of, you know, it's the size of a cherry and now it's the size mm-hmm. of an egg. And you're like, Oh, a cherry is so tiny, right? A grape mm-hmm. is so tiny that you're like, yeah. Oh yeah. If they only get, you know, like five drops, like, Oh, they're full. Mm-hmm. Well, and it ended up having a negative impact too, because she, when they gave her the formula, they bottle fed her. And I think because it comes out so quickly and yeah. it's so much, she started to get colicky and very gassy and really upset. And I think too, she, we had a really long labor. It was 28 hours. Um, and she was kind of stuck for a long time too. So I think coming out, she was tired. She was exhausted too. And she didn't really want to eat as much. Um, but I think in hindsight, looking back, I think she was okay. I think she just needed a little bit more rest, a little bit more time to adjust. And even with the bottle too, it kind of ended up causing more issues that we had to later on correct too, because she, yeah, she just got really upset stomach and Mm -hmm. was colicky for a really long time. So 
that bottle was not a good thing for us at the time. So yeah. it was just very different. She got a lot of food and she probably didn't need that much. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think one thing also that moms don't understand, especially the more I've talked about like NICU moms, I've interviewed quite a few NICU moms, not all nipples are the same. And so we talk about flow rates, right? And so um, different companies have flow rates. Um, and so you have, um, but in the hospital, those disposable nipples have one rate and some hole might be a little bit bigger than another. Um, and so actually we say, even in the NICU, bring your own nipples, um, instead of using their nipples, just because the flow rate is so much faster. Because if you think about your breast, when they go back to your breast, the speed's never going to, um, pick up and go faster just because they're older. Right. And so you should never change your flow rate. If you're breastfeeding, when you go to a bottle. Oh, that's good to know. Okay. I didn't realize that either. Yeah. Yeah. So what is one thing you help facilitate breastfeeding going easily after you got into a good groove? I think the nipple shield made a big difference. Um, for me, I think part of it was her latch, but also my nipple itself, um, isn't very large and doesn't really stay erect, I guess, um, is the best term to use. And it, yeah, no matter how much she would suck to, it just wouldn't really stay. And so I don't think it was hitting that, um, the roof of her mouth to mm -hmm. get her to go into that sucking motion. Mm -hmm. So the nipple shield helped us a lot, but also the positioning. I tried so many different positions that were recommended. I tried so many different pillows that were recommended and I was just holding her in all of these awkward spots. And it just felt funny for her. It felt funny for me. It didn't feel very natural. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think it was the, it's the Thompson method. I had their course. And so I watched one of the videos and those, this is the only video I've watched around the positioning. And it was literally just sitting up, you know, knees bent, putting your arms out on your lap, laying your baby on your arm, and then letting them kind of tilt to the side to feed. And we have been doing that since. And it's so easy. She loves it. I'm comfortable. She's comfortable. We haven't used any pillows and I think that just made such a big difference, especially during the times when, you know, she's cluster feeding mm -hmm. my little girl too, will nurse for like an hour and a half before bed too. So I'm sitting in the same position for a long time. And I think our comfort together just made a big difference in the journey. It was a great way to just bond and connect too. So I don't know, just making a small tweak like that made such a difference for us. So, yeah. yeah. That's so true. And that's why I think it's so good to reach out to lactation consultants because, yeah. you know, sometimes you can go through Dr. Google, uh, for yeah. <laughs> at starting at 2 AM to about 6 AM. And you're like, I still have no idea. I just found a thousand things and I'm not sure which one works. Right. And sometimes you try it once and it doesn't work. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I also say, try it a few times, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Before you say, Nope, that didn't work. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would definitely reach out to a lactation consultant because we've been there. We've seen other mamas like you, um, and hopefully we can help you out a lot faster than they Absolutely. can. So yes, yeah, get support. Don't be like me. Cause man, I was <laughs> lost without help. <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing I'm trying to help mamas with. It's, um, a new thing I've started. It's called, um, emergency 911 lactation support. And so you have access to me for 30 days through an app called Boxer. And you can text me, you can send me voice memos, you can send me pictures and say, Hey, I'm really struggling with this. How, how can you help me? Right. And so I can send you back. Um, I've written a lot of 
blog posts. And so I can send you blog posts. I can help with maybe some recipes on something. I can help you with different latches, right? Um, but I especially love to hear from you, mama, when you're struggling at 2 a.m., right? Just pick up that phone and send me a voice message. Um, or if you don't want to disturb your baby, right? And you want to keep that quiet. They say, don't always talk to your baby in the middle of the night because it wakes them more up, right? Well, just send me a text, right? And so I want to be there to support you for 30 days, whereas it's going to take a lot longer if you're reaching out to a lactation consultant and have to schedule an appointment, they don't have any openings for three days, right? You're going to have me in less than 24 hours. And usually it's, you know, less than six, right? <laughs> if I'm asleep in the middle That's of the night. Awesome. <laughs> that resource just alone is so priceless. I think if I had had that, it would have made such a difference because you're right in the moment. You're just, you're lost. You don't know what to do and you can't get an appointment right away. So what do you do in the meantime? You still have right. to feed your baby and you still have to work through it. And um, it's stressful. I don't think I realize how stressful it is when you aren't, when feeding isn't going well and right. you know how it felt before and then how it felt once we got a good groove going. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was hard. And I, I can see why so many people and so many women do give up and don't continue to breastfeed, especially if they're not getting that support, because it shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be painful. It shouldn't be challenging. And I think, yeah, a lot of people face that and don't know what to do at that point. So that's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to say, you know, pumping is still breastfeeding, right? Mamas. And so I feel like a lot of women feel shame about that. Um, but if that's, what's working for your family, keep it up. And at any point, um, it might be a little bit harder, but at any point you can try to go back to breastfeeding. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I always say when they're sleepy at night is the best time to do it. Right. Because they're just like, so sleepy. I don't know what's going on. Okay. I just latched right? Yeah. That's kind of the perfect time or feed them half the bottle. So they aren't super hungry, right? Like feed them two ounces and then switch them over to your breast when they're just a little bit sleepy, kind of don't know what's going on and you switch them and voila, there we are. We popped on. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I got to trick them sometimes a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What would you say was your favorite breastfeeding product you used? So this is a tie, I would say, between the nipple shield, because again, it helped us so much. And just, it's not really a product, but my own breast milk, which sounds odd. But yeah. I, I heard the tip early on that when I was experiencing just really cracked nipples, they were dry, they were bleeding, I had scabs, and it was so painful to feed. And somebody said that if you just rub some of your breast milk over it after each feed, that it'll heal. And I had, before that, I was trying nipple creams, nipple butters, anything and everything to try to help. And it would ease the pain mm -hmm. slightly, but it wouldn't necessarily heal it because the second she sure. started feeding again, it would hurt mm -hmm. and it would go back to feeling very raw. And um, once I started rubbing the breast milk, it was instant. <laughs> like by the next feed, I was already feeling relieved. The scabs, the cuts, the bleeding, everything went away that same day. And now I just do that with, I don't know, every, every feed I do that just out of habit. And I haven't had any other painful experiences since. So I just feel like our breast milk is such a magical product that everybody should be using. You don't even yeah. need all those creams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's such liquid gold. I even, um, know a lot of moms will rub it on, um, 
I want to say their scars. No, that's not the word I oh, want. Like stretch marks? Um, yes. Thank you very much. Yes. Ooh. On their stretch marks. And then it goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm try that next. <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite is to use it when they have an awful, awful rash and throw it into um, their bath. I've heard that too. Yeah. Like even with eczema and different things that it really heals the baby's skin. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And of course it doesn't have to be bad, but eventually it gets bad or you don't use it all. Right. I think Mm -hmm. I still have three left in my freezer. One is specifically saved, um, for more, um, breast milk jewelry. It's one of my favorite things. Um, breast milk jewelry. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So I wear, tell, tell you more. It's one of my favorite things. (laughs) Um, so I wear two rings. Uh, can you see that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So this is one of my rings. I have, I wear two rings every day. And so it literally has, um, breast milk in it. What? Um, so that's my oldest son's. And then, um, this is my second son's ring. Oh my gosh. Um, that also that is so cool. It. Yeah. And so I feel like it just reminds you of your journey, um, I especially on the hard days of like, this mm. is what we went through and mm. I made it. That is so special. I am definitely going to do that. What a great way to preserve that memory and that experience. And yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And you can get it in anything. Lots of people do a lot of different things. Um, I also have a ring holder. And so uh, we added some color to it. So I was born in September. So I love blue. And so there's like blue and white and it's it's just pretty to think about every day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I actually work with a lady by the name of Holly. And so mamas, I will also link Holly below here. And if you put Bethany 10, she'll give you a 10% discount. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, it's just, it's such a great reminder. Um, I feel to wear every day and people don't notice that you're wearing Mm -hmm. it too. So it's not like a big flashy um, thing, but it's just something simple that you have every day. And personal for you too. Like you a lot of meaning behind it. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, well, thank you so much for your time. Why don't you let all the mamas know how they can connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm actually a fertility coach. So you can find me on my website at blossomingfertility.com or at Blossoming Fertility on Instagram. If you want to follow my personal account too, I've been sharing a lot of baby pictures, which is always fun, but um, that's just at Clarissa Clarissa Lynn Brionis um, on Instagram too. So whichever you prefer. Yeah. And we'll link it in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you, Bethany. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much if you would share it with another mama or post on social media and tag me. I want to personally thank you for wanting to help other mamas. You got this. I'm rooting for your breastfeeding journey.